What's up, everybody? Welcome to Studio Wesley Annex, the audiovisual podcast where we talk about the lectionary texts of the week. Uh, we talked about wanting to talk about Marvel stuff for this episode, but instead, we're going to do what we're supposed to and talk about lectionary texts. Uh, but we got some awesome people here. Sam, how's it going, man? It's going. It's been quite a day already. Um, I feel like I've lived two days um, since 8 a.m., and it's really cold here. So I'm ready for someone else. It's it's two o'clock. Oh no, that means that's you're going. That's why I need a coffee before this. You're gonna hit like four days by the end of today, uh, which is very productive. It sounds like. But um, Vendela, how are you? I'm good. It's it's eleven o'clock here for me, so I haven't done a lot. Did some homework, and now I'm here, and I'm excited to be here. Yay! We're excited that you're here. And Josh, how's it going? Good, good, Michael. I'm enjoying this semi-fall weather down in Florida. It got down to the 60s today, so I, I'm just loving dude, it. We we had snow last night here in Ohio. Yeah, wow. it's, it's been in the 30s all day. How much was it? It was just a little bit? Uh, oh, no, it was just – I mean, it was like, ooh, and then gone. Uh, okay. Which is – you know, but still cool. I was like, all right. Snow is snow. November, today November, is snow, yeah. Today is 40 with wind and a freeze warning, which as a Florida kid, I'm very confused what any of those words mean. It's very <laughs> cold. That's all I know. <laughs> what do these words mean? I don't know. I love it. Uh, okay, before we get rolling, Sam, do you want to open us up in prayer? Sure. I can start us off. Um, we were just joking about me me and these prayers, man. I keep them coming, apparently. <laughs> all right. Um, just like always, I want to like thank... Uh, you God for this space that we're able to have together this place where we can laugh and have conversation but also where we can learn and grow through other people's opinions and talking about these very interesting words that are put before us um thanks for the conversation and um I said I was gonna say it so so happy podcasting <laughs> amen <laughs> happy podcasting uh Vendela, do you want to start off this happy podcast yeah, I can start off this oh-so-happy podcast. So um, my scripture today is a lot about Thessalonians. And basically, it's a letter that Paul was writing to the Thessalonians about how um, they believed in the good news right away. And they're sort of like an example for all of the other um, people that they're trying to preach the good news of Jesus to. And he's talking to them. And it's just kind of interesting because... I, like, did not really understand what was happening, so I had to kind of, like, read around and get the context. Um, but it seems like there may be, like, something wrong, like, maybe something, like, they're sort of going back to, like, old habits, or they've gotten this good news, and it's great in the moment, but then, like, literally, like, one bad thing happens, and now they're going back to probably habits they shouldn't be doing, because he goes, the first line is, don't you remember how hard we worked among you? So I was just like, oh my gosh, like I can totally see like my mom or something being like, don't you remember like how much work I put into like raising you and now you're messing it up. Like it definitely seemed like Paul was kind of like trying to remind them of like when he originally came to them and originally brought them this good news and they originally accepted it right away as opposed to other people that like didn't. And so I just think it's interesting because it's just kind of relatable. I mean, like the gospel is great when things are good, but then like 
I don't know, the second things turn bad, it's just like I forget all about it. And so I just thought that it was sort of applicable to me. Um, but it was also just like very real. I sort of wish, honestly, they had elaborated on it a little more. I feel like the Bible, it's so old that like it has so much content to cover sometimes that it just like doesn't totally like explain things or like context and stuff like that. So I wish it had, but like reading between the lines, I feel like that's what I got from it. And um, I kind of liked it. So that was my scripture reading. Yeah, I, um, I, I, we talked a little bit about this Vendola when you first hopped on the call. I was like, this first sentence that says, uh, we work, <laughs> I love the parent imagery because it, it translates from my parent imagery of, we work day and night in order to not be a burden to anyone while we preach the gospel. That also sounds very parental, you know, or uh, what do you call it? Like chastising. But, but that's, I mean, that's the sentence that like sticks out to me, especially because I, I was thinking today, I was, I had a meeting on a college campus, uh, University of Cincinnati today, and um, there were people out proselytizing, handing out like the little Gideon Bibles. And I, I don't know, anytime I see that, I always start engaging with this discussion, not for good or for bad of just like what, what it means to like insert yourself into somebody's day and like start preaching the gospel, you know? Um, and I, and I like that this kind of calls us out to not be a burden when we preach the gospel. Like um, this is supposed to be something that's celebrated, not, burdensome to others, uh, which I think I think is a strong thing to read. So I, I really like this passage for that reason alone. I'm like, you're a witness and so is God of how holy, righteous, and blameless we are among you who believe. I don't know. There's just that strong idea of like, hey, this isn't meant to be a bad thing. This is a good thing. So when we express it to others, we want to make sure the timing is right. We want to make sure that we've earned a place to speak into that. So I don't know, a quick little ramble there, but uh, yeah, I like this piece. And I really liked what you talked about how this is like a regrouping text. How it's like they had something bad happen and now they're like retreating. They're coming together and they're um, really just trying to like find the good again in what they're doing and acknowledging that the work they're doing is hard. Um, and also I like the end. For me, it really struck me about when I read this is how long the verses are. It's only, I think you only got four verses, but it's like half a page on my Bible. So that was like interesting. It's like, wow, it's a lot to work with. But I really like the end, like the last one, verse 13, where it talks about how they have to accept that this work is hard and this message that God has given them isn't in a human message. It's it's God's message. It's not of this earth. It's something totally different. And yeah, it's hard. It's a challenge. And I like how they, this texture, this, this scripture, sorry, not texture, scripture. Um, it reflects like a community that's trying to do this work. And it talks about kind of like their ups and downs. And this is a regrouping of that. Um, I really like what you said about like that whole parent role of like coming back and you just saw this issue. Um, and maybe it's because like it relates to something like in my text later, but like that kind of idea of staying thankful, even through like after bad time and bad time, like we keep getting through this. And Paul is kind of looking at them all like, look at what we've done. We just did this. Like, let's take a moment and be appreciative. Um, and I also like it from like the leadership angle of like from Paul's point of view, where Paul is like, I also helped in this. Like this was God, but I was helping you guys through this. And so it's that I, I always read it as like a little bit of like be appreciative, like because the bad things keep happening, but they keep getting solved. Um, 
it feels like anytime you read like it I this might just be a me thing because I'm a nerd but when you read like comic books or when you watch like superhero movies and like there's going to be a constant crime there's going to be a conflict again and again and they have to just like you keep saving it and never have that moment to reflect and Paul is kind of calling on that um and that definitely wasn't just because Vendela said I couldn't get Marvel into this podcast. No, that was very applicable, actually. <laughs> I, first really thing cool. I wrote down, first thing I wrote down was the Avengers. Okay, that's what I wanted to share. <laughs> I know it was a, I know it was a, a, a word flip up, Josh. But I'm now I'm like I'm like, Ooh, what is the texture of this verse? It's a little gritty. It's a little gritty. It's a little rough at the beginning to me, which I I, I think that's an interesting question. Uh, yeah, I love this. Okay, Josh. This is uh, your time to shine. You feel ready? Yes, if I can unmute myself. Yes, I'm ready. (laughs) Take it away. So I actually had Josh, uh, chapter 3, verse 7 through 17. And so so my name is kind of strange. But what really struck me out, this text, is that when I first read it, I I kind of immediately compared and contrasted it to when I was on this podcast last time. And I read Exodus, chapter 33. Because it's kind of a similar situation. Um, God is, is kind of telling Josh, hey, here's this thing. I'm with you. You're blessed. Um, I'm going to make you great in the eyes of Israel. You're going to be a great leader. And here's what you're going to do. And Joshua immediately just turns around and does it. There's not, um, he doesn't have the kind of uncertainty or self-doubt that Moses has. So it kind of struck me a lot about Joshua. I was like, wow, good for him. And it's obviously it's a lot easier said than done to just do that and have full faith in God um, to do this crazy thing. And then after I read the text some more, I really, what struck me about, you can kind of see the importance of this covenant and God kind of talks about it a lot. And you can tell he's, he's holding it high standing for obvious reasons, but it's, it's kind of through this covenant that they're able to do this miracle of crossing the Jordan. Um, God kind of decides that first, you know, cross the Jordan, you have to do this with the covenant and you're not going to do it by yourselves. You know, you're going to have these priests that are going to do this. And if you don't do these things with the covenant, then it's not going to work. Um, so that was just kind of interesting, this idea that without the covenant, you know, we're, we're kind of lost and we, we're not going to make it very far. Uh, that we need that connection with God. Uh, along, that like through the covenant, we'll get that connection with God and that this set of rules will carry us far in life. That's kind of what I had. It's kind of short, but I um I really like what you said when you you were like it's a lot easier said than done. You were sort of like comparing Moss or Josh and Moses. See, look, I'm like putting my words together too today. Um, but like I liked it because I don't know. Like I think that when we're young and we're told these stories, it's very much like, well, duh, you should have accepted this giant like request that God made of him like and now we are you know kind of saying like oh he totally should have done that right away like he should have like accepted it and moved on like he should have taken up the stick or he should have made this Ark of the Covenant like right away and I think that like again with the like me saying that I think they should put more in the Bible elaborate a little bit maybe it's because I'd be reading a lot of books and they're written today and not however many years ago but I just feel like it's sort of hard to relate to these leaders, at least for me, um, because they're just so like unquestionably like 
yeah, so let me wait out my whole life for you. And let me just like give up everything and like do this thing for you. And and I mean, I, it is great because it's God and he's going to give you everything you want. But like, how do you know that when you're saying yes? Like, how do you know? So I just, I, that caught, that caught my attention when you said, it's a lot easier said than done. I was like, yeah, <laughs> yes, amen. So yeah, that's what I have to say about that. Um, I think, I think, Joshua is a really interesting like character in the Bible because like it we, we you compared it to Moses and like Moses kind of has that that reluctant leader archetype in fiction of like you were you were given this like you were set aside you were given this task and you don't want to do it because it's so much pressure and that does not happen in this text it's very like you are set aside and he's like okay let's like get to work and I completely agree with what both of you are saying of like in real life often it doesn't feel like that. I think like a lot of the most profound leaders maybe don't want as much leadership as they're given or maybe don't immediately say like, this is like, yep, no questions asked. I am the right person for this. Um, which is also why I think it's interesting later as part of the covenant that he says, you're going to bring along these people. Cause like that, that is more what I see as leadership of like, you, you are going to do this, but also you're going to have to work with other people. It is not just your story you have to bring people alongside you to be able to get this done um and i think that's something we often forget is that we always see these characters in the bible of like boom i'm just gonna say yes but that doesn't mean you're doing it alone that means that you have to be a part of this journey too it's the superhero's journey y'all with great power comes great responsibility and sometimes we don't know if we want that responsibility so you know we go for a couple episodes and we we may like fight back on it, but ultimately we accept the call because the call holds all that weight and it's very important. Um, yeah, I yeah, Sam, I love I love that you bring the leadership aspect into this because I do think it's a great quality of a leader to be able to say like I don't know if I'm the best person for this job, but I'm willing to help facilitate it being done. You know, so um, yeah, this is great. That's my superhero reference for the day. I did it, Vendola. Yay. Uh, <laughs> all right. With that, we are going to take our break. Um, it's not long enough to watch a full episode of Loki season two, but um, hopefully it's long enough to get something done. See you soon. gonna lead us right into sam sam are you ready i'm so ready i'm so ready take it away I'm so so ready um before i start um this text feels very straightforward we were talking about this on the break this is a, a week of like straightforward text um but mine is a psalm and it's a psalm of thanksgiving and it's thanksgiving from many uh, thanksgiving for deliverance from many troubles um so this like whole group of psalms is all about giving praise for things that have happened and things that God has been able to do. Um, and I was reading through it and I started looking at some lectionary texts. And one of the things that they broke down in one of the commentaries I read um, was talking about how each of them is broken up into lines. So 
each of these sections starts, it has three parts. It starts with the description of the troubles, um, like a declaration that they prayed and then the solution as one part, um, like a call, call to help and then the help. And then the third one is a call to give thanks. Um, and you can see this like in the second section, four through five, some wandered in the desert. That is talking about the situation they're in. Um, six through seven is then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them. Again, it's that like call and then God answering the prayer. But then it's technically not my section, but I think it's really interesting. Eight through nine is them thanking the Lord. And this is what I wanted to talk about was, it was kind of a coincidence that what I want to talk about fit with how the section was broken up. Because I feel like a lot of times, like we go through the first two steps, every time we're in trouble, we go through it like a checklist. Like we realize how much trouble we're in. And a lot of times people will like cry out to God if they're religious or pray or like say to some higher being or like, I need help. Um, and it's just a normal thing that people wish somebody could come and help them. But then I feel like we often miss the third step of like giving thanks afterwards and realizing that like we've gotten through the troubles, kind of like Vendela's text about like being grateful for what's happened and like being able to get through it. Um, so I just think it was a weird coincidence that like talking about we often forget to give thanks for what we've been given. Um, we I say that while we also cut eight and nine, which is the two sections of giving thanks. And that happens throughout the rest of the psalm. Um, every section, I did, little, I did little highlights because you can break it up literally section by section, line by line of it goes trouble, they complain about it, God helps them, and then they give thanks. And the way it's always phrased is it is calling the people to give thanks because so often we forget to be grateful for what we've gone through and what we've been able to get, get through because of the help of God. So yeah, that was my very straightforward text. Um, Psalm 107. All right, Sam, I like how you broke it down into sections. I think for me, especially the Bible to me is like so, so big. There's so much to it. And for, I think it's very hard to just break it down. I don't think you can do this a lot of times in the Bible, but I feel like for Psalms, I like how you just, you broke into like cookie cutter and this like linear cycle where, you know, you mess up, you ask for God and there's kind of repentance and you give thanks. Um, I think Psalms, is kind of like that a lot of the times it's kind of this continuous cycle and i think that's a lot of what faith is is trying your best but when you don't when you mess up coming back to god so i like how you just kind of break that down and simplified it into a straightforward thing yeah i think it was definitely like a lot it was very similar to mine and that like it was like sort of somebody who really believes in something very intensely and then something bad happens. And thankfully in Psalms, like their first reaction is to call out to God. But like, I think that, I don't know, sometimes I wonder like for people who are not religious or like, um, not like don't, not spiritual even, um, what that sort of looks like to them. And I think it's very much like still looking for help, but it's sort of like help within themselves and so, I don't know, I think that concept is very interesting because sometimes that is, like, a go-to for me. Like, I'll be like, okay, what can I do to fix this? Or, like, what can I, like, do to make this better, make this situation different? Like, how do I figure out how to do this? And sometimes, honestly, that, like, increases my anxiety because I'm, like, now, like, okay, like, what am I going to do to make this better? How do I fix this? I'm very much a problem solver. But I have found that, like, 
obviously not throwing all that out the window, but simultaneously being able to emotionally give up the anxiety I'm having to uh, what I find to be like spiritual or like God or Jesus or, you know, something. It's very helpful for me because it's almost like clears my head to be able to approach problems. So it's not like I'm like, all right, well, here's my problem and I'm not going to like try to fix it because it's in the hands of God, but it's more like, okay, like I believe that everything's going to turn out okay because of God. So now with that clear mind, let me like approach the situation. So I like that. Yeah. I, Vanilla, I totally, I totally agree with you. I also feel like I'm a problem solver and it it is very hard for me to just sit idly by and say, Oh, I'm going to give that to God and not make any sort of, actionable steps myself like that that is a very hard thing um i think it was derek one time that talked in regards to psalms as being this sort of guidebook for how we worship and i do think it's it's then very potent that this sort of flow that you've described sam becomes like a modality of worship like part of worship is giving that up to god and then god will deliver you and then you thank god and and so on like these are all steps that we do when like legitimately worshiping. And, you know, that's, that's to also acknowledge that how God delivers us from our distress. That's the words I'm seeing on my translation um, can look like so many different things. And sometimes that's just a lot of time happening that helps us grow out of it. And sometimes it's, it is a solution right away given to us. And sometimes I think God works through our own abilities to problem solve and, um, and guides us down the right path. So yeah, all, all of that to be said, I think that is very interesting. And I, I, I love these straightforward scriptures, right? Because I, I do think there's still a lot we can gain from that, especially the easier it is to um, apply to our lives directly. Um, that being said, another straightforward scripture coming at you. Uh, I'm going to take it away with Matthew 23. Um, so this is Matthew 23 verses 1 through 12. Um, I forget the title that I saw that this was referred to as one point. It's pretty much a, a direct commentary on hypocrisy. I'll read the, the, the front half here. Um, the Pharisees and the scribes occupy the seat of Moses. This is Jesus talking. So you should do the things they tell you to do, but don't do the things they do. They heap heavy burdens upon their neighbor's backs, and they prove unwilling to do anything to help shoulder the load. They are interested above all in presentation. They wrap their heads and arms in accoutrements of prayer. They cloak themselves with flowing tasseled prayer garments. They covet the seats of honor at fine banquets and in the synagogue. And they love it when people recognize them in the marketplace, call them teacher and beam at them. And then Jesus goes on to say, like, don't do that. <laughs> don't, don't do that at all. That's hypocrisy and that's not good. Um, the part of this that I, so, I mean, I think that's pretty straightforward, right? Like, do what they tell you to do, but don't do as they do, because what they do doesn't follow the, the things that they're preaching, which is good. Um, so the hypocrisy, I think, is very clear and cut and dry. But the thing that I think is interesting is starting the next section, Jesus says, uh, do not let anyone call you rabbi or teacher for your all brothers, and you have only one teacher. Um, and it goes on to, for me, spark this conversation around recognition Um if, if you are recognized at all, let it be for your service. Delight in the one who calls you a servant. Um, this, is, this is kind of hard for me because I, I do think that I'm a person who, who um, as, an, as like somebody who has a lot of insecurity, I do think that I, I thrive off of the recognition of things that I do. Like I need that um, in order to feel like I'm doing well. Um, and I think I'm being challenged here with the scripture to kind of say like, 
if you're doing everything for God and you're mission oriented, then you don't need the recognition um, so far to say, like, don't let anyone recognize you. If they do recognize you, pass that right back on to God. Right. You don't you don't need it yourself, because if you're really living mission oriented for Jesus, then that doesn't fall back on you. It, fall, it gets set up to God. And I think that's that's really interesting in the question of like. To what degree am I then recognizing others for the things that they do, especially if I thrive so much off of it? Am I giving others the recognition that I see? Um, always just kind of driving this back. Sorry, this is a little disjointed, but I've talked about this a couple times on, on different episodes of um, the different things that we hold highly as Christians of um, whether it's saying the right thing and being able to proselytize and then um, also doing the right thing. And I do think that this scripture kind of pushes forward this like you want your actions do need to speak louder than your words. Again, very simple and cut and dry, but we want to be able to be doing the right thing, not for the recognition, but because of the impact that it holds versus um, doing the right thing so that you can then get recognized. Um, but we, so there's kind of this weird balance that's happening where we want people to look at us and see the things that we're doing and say, Hey, that's really cool. What motivates that person? And that, cause that opens the discussion around Jesus, right? Um, but we also, but we don't want to be recognized as a good person and then leave it there. Like there has to be that extra step of passing it on to God. That's where I was going with that. Um, sorry again, this was very disjointed. Um, but yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, um, I sorry. It's like you talked about a lot of different things, so I'm just trying to like digest each different part. <laughs> but you were talking about like hypocrisy. I guess. And I just think it's really interesting because like back then it was like hypocrisy is very much, um, it's very much like condemned, like any sort of hypocrisy. And it was like, so practice and obey whatever they tell you, but don't follow their example for they don't practice what they teach. And I was just like, I just think it's so interesting that in like media today, hypocrisy is just like sort of like seen as like sexy or like cool or like, for example, like in like, Tony Stark like movies like his one thing is that he literally is such a horrible person but he does all these amazing things so it's just like it's sort of like a hypocrite and that he's like oh like I'm fighting all these bad people but then also like I'm sort of a bad person and it's just like interesting to me because I think that there's definitely a level of like reckoning with that like near the ends of like the arcs of all these different stories and I just was like I don't know, thinking about that and then also thinking about how, like, it's applicable to real life, like, immediately you get called out if you're a hypocrite in real life. So I think it's just sort of, like, especially when you were talking about, like, the Pharisees and, like, how they're not doing quite the things that, like, Jesus wanted them to, it's sort of just bringing it back to a place of, like, nobody's, like, above this sort of, like, expectation. And I, I liked that. It was sort of, like, bringing everybody down to the same level. Um, and I like reading it because it makes me feel like everybody should be reading this too. <laughs> um, I immediately took it because like, I feel like we've talked a lot about leadership on this podcast. Um, and I'm going to be very careful with how I say this, but um, I am a poli sci student. I live in, I'm living in like going to school in DC. Um, and we talk like so much about like, people in positions of power and people in politics who can change things and just any kind of leadership roles like that. And I think this text gets at one of the biggest things about any kind of high status of power, which is why are you going into it? 
what's the actual intention behind it? Because like a lot of it's, it's that practice, what you preach mentality. Like a lot of these Pharisees are, are saying that they are spreading the good word and loving everyone and stuff like that. And Jesus is point blank calling them out. Like, no, you are doing this for the recognition. And like, that's something that you talk about a lot in like how societies function is like those people that we give such high positions of why did they get into it in the first place? Did they get into it to help people? Did they get into it because they cared really deeply about something or did they do it so that they could see their name in a high position or and did they see it to get recognized for something? Um, and so although it's hard, I think it's really important to have that conversation about like, don't call yourself a teacher or a rabbi, call yourself a brother and call yourself part of the family. Because like, like again, for me, it goes back to the leadership conversation we had earlier of like that reluctant leader of like, yes, you are doing these amazing things and helping people, but you're not doing it to be recognized as a leader. You are doing it genuinely to help others. And in this case, to build the kingdom of heaven. Like your goal is not to be recognized. Um, and there's, there's a lot of, in every sector, I think there's, a, in our world, there's a lot of people who miss that mark and who are in their positions for the wrong reason. Wow, okay, that was really good, Sam. I hate falling up after you. But I will say this, I really resonated with what you said, Michael, about how Jesus is acknowledging this like system that we have in our society where power, uh, leadership is given to people like with power and that uh, those who work hard are given this power and for Jesus to just kind of throw that away and be like, everyone's equal. Um, if anyone's given you this power and you refer it back to God, I think I also too do struggle with that. Um, I kind of, I don't love the system we have, but I think it works. And for Jesus to just say, no, that's wrong. Um, and it kind of, to go off what you were saying, Sam, about this, this question of powerful people, you need to ask yourself, why are they in the position of power? Why are they going after this, this position? And I think, I forgot where I heard this, but it was, you guys probably heard it too, that some of the best leaders are the people who don't even want to be leaders at all. Um, and I think kind of towards the end, the last half of this scripture, really starting in like verse eight. So I think that's kind of what Jesus is getting at here is that um, you should not, you should not seek the glory and the power. Like it, it's all, it's all for God. And if you focus kind of, you talking about Michael on the, the works of Christ and the missions and things like that and the, the acts of service and really reflecting God, then it'll all work itself out in the end. So. Yeah. And just to tag one little thing at the end there, I, I think it's then important to note, like those of us that do need that sort of wrecking, because everybody likes recognition, right? So it is a, it is a part of like what keeps us motivated and keeps us going. So then I do think it can become our jobs to like help highlight that in, in each other. Like, Oh, I'm going to recognize, recognize you just as your role in the grand scheme of things. I think that's, I think that's nice. Um, so anyways, um, I'm going to close this in prayer now, if we can all join for that. Um, Hey God, thank you so much for giving us uh, the chance to talk through these things. Um, even sometimes when things look uh, cut and dry on the surface, there's still so much there that we can unpack and talk about. Um, and I love that you give us the opportunity to do that in these discussions of, of leadership and what it means to be a leader. Um, I do want to take this time and, and pray to you um, to guide those leaders in our lives, um, whether it be global leaders or just the leaders in our personal places. We, um, we pray for those people and hope that you can help give them guidance so that um, 
yeah, we can all ultimately, uh, without needing recognition, serve you in the best way that we can and serve others. So um, all that being said, in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, thanks, y'all. This has been this has been great. Um, I don't have any last pitch for a Marvel movie or anything. <laughs> but uh, I'm definitely going to go watch uh, season two of Loki now um, to cleanse my palate after Secret Invasion. So... That being said, uh, until next time, y'all, this has been Studio Wesley Annex. Oh, no, I'm sorry. There is something else I need to acknowledge. Sorry. Um, it's All Saints Sunday this week. This is the episode for All Saints Sunday. Just to give you a brief place, this is where the, the church kind of highlights, um, yeah, all the saints um, that take place in the church. Old, new, known, unknown. That's the thing. That's the, the title for this week. So if you're wondering why we didn't acknowledge that yet, it's because I forgot, but I didn't. And I remembered before the episode had ended. So uh, go me. All right. Until next time, Studio Wesley Annex. Thank you. <laughs>